Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Really, it comes down to the simplicity of that, loving Jesus. That's all that really matters, is loving Him. Amen? If you have your Bibles, we're going to continue on in our series tonight on the way of holiness, speaking on the spirit of holiness. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 8, and then Hebrews 12 and 14. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35 and 8, and then Hebrews 12 and 14. And highway shall be there and away, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Amen. There is a way, and it is called the way of holiness. Then Hebrews 12 and 14, Paul says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel. Thank you, Lord, for the joy, the completeness, Lord, that we have in you. And I pray that you would open our understanding tonight, Lord. Open our hearts, our spirits, and our understanding for revelation. And we pray, Lord, that we would leave here different than the way that we've come. Leave here challenged, changed and transformed by the power of your word in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen amen god bless you you can be seated praise god everybody say the way of holiness amen we've been talking about this for a few weeks uh for a couple of months and uh, we have covered a lot in the way of holiness we've talked about some of the key things that we have uh, talked about is the importance of understanding that holiness is unto the Lord. Amen. And um, we can't be holy in and of ourselves. It is his holiness. It is his Holy Spirit that helps us to become holy and walk in the way of holiness. Amen. Uh, we talked about the fact that that um, Holiness is not transactional. We don't do it so we can garner blessings from the Lord or we're not trying to be holy so that God will give us a new car or a better job. But we understand that we want to be holy because the Bible tells us to be holy even as the Lord is holy because without holiness, we cannot see the Lord. Amen. And then we started talking about <clears throat> about last, last week or the week before, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And uh, it's, this is true of a person's speech as well as their entire manner of conduct, that what's in one's heart is expressed by the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we act, and the heart cannot be kept hidden. I want to make that clear. The heart cannot be made hidden. Whatever's in us, <clears throat> it will come out of us. If there's, if there's a bitterness in our heart, it's going to show. If there's hatred in our heart, it will show because what's in us will eventually come out of us. Amen. But if a believer's love is fixed upon Jesus, then they will delight in living a holy life 
because the ardent desire of our heart will be to please the Lord and ultimately be like the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> not trying to be like the world, not trying to see how much like the world I can be and still be holy, but I want to be like him because he's wanting me <clears throat> to be like him. Amen. Uh, it will never be burdensome for a child of God to refrain from sinful practices. Never going to be a burden for us to avoid <clears throat> worldly entertainment or, or things of the world that entertain the world that would offend Christ. Not for a child of God, because it's a joy for us to yield to Christ and obey the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. It should always be remembered that if the heart is right with God, then every word and action will conform to the will of God in our life. Amen. And that's why it is so important for us to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit, amen, that gives us the spirit of holiness. Amen. Holiness is a glory to God. Somebody say, holiness is a glory to God. A holy life, a holy life will glorify God rather than glorify ourselves. A holy life will glorify God rather than ourselves. We live in a generation, well, I mean, all generations have been this way, uh, but we live in a generation where technology has uh, really strengthened that within us to, to lift oneself up, amen. And uh, with the advent of, of social media and all of these things, everyone can feel like a celebrity and everybody can be popular. And, uh, uh, but one that follows Christ doesn't need that to fulfill them. Not that in and of itself being a sin, uh, it can be done in moderation and not be a sin. But there's some people, they change their profile picture 20 times a day and they have to give you a play-by-play -play of their whole day with the selfie in it. Um, yeah, I just don't think that's godly. Now, just call me old-fashioned. I don't think that's godly. If they have to see their picture on their timeline 10, 15 times a day, then they're, they're, they're exalting self more than they are God. Amen. And we as Christians ought to seek to exalt God. Amen. Uh, it, it always, the, the, the life of holiness always exalts Jesus Christ, the one who dwells in the heart of a regenerated man. We are always going to look for a way to exalt Jesus. The beauty of holiness comes from within and radiates forth the presence of God. When one looks upon uh, a beautiful Christian life, they should see Jesus Christ exemplified in every one of us. Amen. They should see something of the nature of Jesus in us. The life of holiness is a reflection of the Lord's glory in our life. The Apostle Paul stated that we are transfigured from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3 and verse 18. Paul says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So not only is holiness a glory to God because uh, of his beauty revealed in the Christian's life, but his holiness, amen, is recognized that within us, within us, we cannot be victorious without the spirit of God in our life by our own strength. Have you ever tried to overcome a spiritual situation with carnal means? 
And I think every hand would raise if we were doing a hand raised poll. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of us try first the flesh route before we try the spirit route to deal with things that are spiritual. Amen. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. They're not made with man's hands. Amen. But they are powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. Our, our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is with spirits and principalities and powers of darkness. Amen. And it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to become a victorious person in living for Jesus. Amen. I, I want to stress that because we cannot become victorious. I know it sounds simple, uh, but it's an elemental fact of living for God. We cannot become victorious outside of the Holy Ghost working in our life. When a sinner is transformed and delivered from the bondage of all sinful habits, it's evident that that is an act of the grace of God in their life. The life of holiness that they live will result be the result of a divine miracle in their life. It is nothing short of a miracle when God delivers us out of sin. Amen. Your testimony may be different than my testimony, and I'm quite sure it is. Not everyone here was delivered from drugs or from alcohol. Amen. Not, not everyone here was delivered out of a prison cell or, or some grotesque form of sin. Uh, some came to Jesus just weary, just worn, just sad came with some issues and bad mistakes and bad choices and, and a messed up life, amen, of bad, bad personal choices. But when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, amen, it doesn't undo the choices we made, but it gives us the power to overcome the shame and the guilt and the baggage that sin has attached to us, amen. And so when we are delivered from sin, it is an act of the grace of God and it is a divine miracle. And those that will walk in victory, uh, they, will, they will cause everyone around them to praise God knowing that only God could have done that and nobody else, amen. I, I can remember in my personal life when coming out of sin and, and, and coming into the church and uh, I can remember the things that God brought me out of. And then people around me began to say that that, that, that had to have been Jesus that straightened that boy up because nobody else could have done it. Amen. I, I see people, uh, even in the last <clears throat> few years, uh, I've told you the stories of people that will email my wife or message my wife on social media and will screenshot my profile and send it to her and say, is that the same guy that I knew, that I went to high school with, that I taught in high school, that I knew back in the 90s. Is that the same guy? And my wife would go, yeah, there's only one Timothy Wisnant in the whole planet. There's only one. Literally, I'm the only one with that name on the whole planet. There's nobody else. And, and she'd say, yep, that's him. And they would say, but that profile says he's a pastor. And I was looking at that profile and I was seeing that he was preaching. That cannot be the same guy that I knew 25 years ago, 27 years ago. That cannot be the same guy. Amen. And then when she comes back and says, yes, it is. And that's my husband. They always come back with Jesus is even greater than I thought he was. Amen. And that's what, that's what the work of the Holy Spirit will do in your life. It'll change you around to where others will take note and give God glory for a life that has been transformed. Amen. There is a definite work of sanctification that takes place at salvation. A person is either saved or not saved. All right. There's three things you're never kind of. 
I don't know if I've told you this before. There's three things you're never kind of. If you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. You're never kind of married. You're never kind of pregnant. And you're never kind of saved. You ever ask somebody, are you married? Well, kind of. I mean, I can be kind of fat. And I am. But I ain't kind of married. And I ain't kind of saved. You either is or you ain't. Right? You can't, well, I'm kind of saved. I'm saved right now, but don't hold your breath. I don't know what tomorrow brings. Amen. To, To be saved... Amen. Uh, uh, you've got you've to make up in your mind to be saved. Nobody's going to get to heaven, uh, as the old saying says, by the skin of their teeth. Nobody's going to get to heaven and wipe their brow and say, I can't believe I made it. Not one person will cross the great divide between life and the hereafter and wipe their brow and go, I cannot believe I'm here. Everybody that makes it to heaven is going to get there going, Woo, I finally made it. I knew I was going to make it. It was a struggle, but I made it. On the flip side, there's going to be a whole lot of people in hell going, I can't believe I'm, I made it here. And that's why we've got to determine to have the work of salvation and the work of holiness in our life. If you are born again, remember, you're, neither, you're not kind of saved. You either are or you ain't saved. One of two ways. All right, look at your neighbor and hold up three fingers. Say there's three things you can't kind of be. And then I want you to repeat it to them. That's your homework for right now. Repeat to them the three things they can't kind of be. Tell them. That's right. You can't be kind of married, kind of pregnant, and kind of saved. You either are or you ain't. Amen. You can be kind of rich. You can be kind of good looking. But you can't be kind of saved. Amen. Aren't you glad you're not translating tonight, trying to do the kind of Amen. Amen. Kind of saved. You you can't be that way. You either are or you aren't saved. Amen. Now listen, if if you're born again, you cannot be more born again. Okay? If you're born again, you cannot be more born again than someone else. I think we think there's stages of being born again. Amen. Well, I'm more born than they are. Look, their legs are still in the womb. No, you're either born again or you aren't born again, right? And so you cannot be more born again. Just and, and as a Christian, you are standing in Christ. And if you're standing in Christ being born again, uh, then, we're, then we're perfect in Christ. But we're still imperfect. So as a Christian, our standing in Christ is perfect while we may be imperfect. Does that make sense? If it don't, I'll say it again. As a Christian standing in Christ, we are perfect, but we may still have imperfections. Amen. A Christian may be blameless and yet at the same time, not faultless. That make better sense? As a Christian, you can be blameless and still not be fault and still not faultless. Uh, He may be living up to all the knowledge and understanding that they have received as a believer. Amen. While uh, while 
he may be living up to that knowledge. There may be other things in their life that they still need to lay upon the altar. So it's a work of progression. Amen. The new babe in Christ cannot be expected to have the same understanding as of God's word as the mature saint in Christ. There, there's, there's got to be that lead way and that grace and that not everybody is, is in the same path. Amen. Now, I know in the old days, they didn't typically do it like that. Once you got saved and baptized, uh, at least in the old school churches, they'd pull you aside and man, they'd, they'd tell you, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do that, and they go right down the list. A lot of times they would. And a lot of times people followed. Sometimes they wouldn't. But those that were those that were wise would give them the room to grow. All right. So we're not all at the same level in our maturity in Christ. Amen. Some some of us had to repeat a grade or two. I held my hand up because we don't pass every test. And it's not to say we celebrate failing a test. It's just understand that we're not all on the same level. Amen. I'm not more born again than Sister Elva is. And I understand she's two-tenths of a percentage away from being a, a celestial being. I get that. Sometimes if you look close, you'll see the, the, the wings just protruding off the back of her shirt. Right? I get that. She's all, I get it. She's almost an angel. I get it. And then there's other of us who our halo sets on two nubs on the top of our head. I'm just kidding. Sometimes, amen. Your flesh is worse than the devil anyway. Amen. Uh, we're not on the same level. I'm not more saved or less saved than anybody else. We are just progressing in our walk with God. Um, I've, I've, taken, I've taken a lot of heat in, in 15 years of pastoring, 15 plus years of pastoring. The eighth of this month, I'll celebrate 23 years of being in full-time ministry, and, I've, and, and but in the last 15 years, I've, I've taken heat for, and I'm okay from both sides. People who think that I don't have enough grace, and I preach it too hard, and people that think I have too much grace, and I'm not preaching it hard enough. And I, as long as I keep both sides stirred up, I know I'm right. Amen, because I want to be balanced. And, and we have something we, that, that, that I've said for years is that I'm not looking for perfection, but progression, all right? So I, I can work with somebody that may, not, that may not be as mature as somebody else in their walk with Christ, but they're gaining that understanding and they're going toward it. But the moment it starts going backwards, it changes. Amen. It changes. And so sometimes you see that, that some things are handled differently in some ways and others in other ways. And what it is, is we want to reward progression. If someone is progressing, we celebrate that. We thank God for that. But if there's a regression, then we need to address that issue in our life. Amen. Because if you are going backwards, if you are sliding backwards, that's called backsliding. Amen. And so we, we, we want to always be in a forward motion. Amen. In the kingdom of God, there is no standing still. There is no neutral position. It's either you're moving forward or you're moving backward. That's it. And I know, and I know what some people are saying, but the Bible said stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. 
Yeah, with the, when it says stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. The, the act is not being immobile. If you look that up, they that wait upon the Lord in the Hebrew, it literally means one that entwines themselves with the Lord. And to entwine themselves means to twist. And it's literally the Hebrew word is the figure of a person that is dancing. And said, they that wait upon the Lord, they that entangle themselves with the Lord shall renew their strength. I want to get tangled up with Jesus. Amen. I want to get wrapped up in him. Amen. So, so the law of Christianity is forward. The first word in God is go. It's movement. God is a God of movement. Amen. And so we need to be moving forward. Look at your neighbor and say, move forward. Amen. Amen. While, while they may be living up to that knowledge, there may be things that, that need to be laid upon the altar. Amen. So we need to remember that. And it's, and it's for this reason. It's for this reason that we're not all at the same level, that the Bible says the Lord has placed in the church pastors and teachers. Ephesians 4 and 12 through 15 says, for the perfecting of saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby we lie in wait to deceive, amen, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is the head, even Christ. Let me read that in the New Living Translation. Again, this is he, uh, uh, Ephesians 4 and 12 through 15. Their responsibility, talking about the ministry, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to kick us or trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing every way more and more like Jesus Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Amen. So we need to grow into that stature. And that's what the work of the ministry is. Amen. Is to help us grow in truth in the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking the truth. in. I know some people love to speak the truth, but they don't do it with love. And, and that's, that's dangerous. Amen. That's dangerous. I, I remember one time I was preaching and, uh, and uh, I, I knew, I, you know, I had a word from God. I know that. And I was preaching and, and, and it wasn't here, so don't worry about it. And uh, I got to going on some issues and boy, I felt emboldened by the, by the spirit. And uh, sometimes there's a fine line between anointing and emotion. That's why anointing brings out emotion. The spirit of the Lord does. And uh, I, I was preaching at this uh rather large church and, and I got off on some things. I started preaching and nailing some things that were sin and as it was coming up and, and man, just walking and just uh, going after it. And then after the service, uh, I walked into the pastor's office with a great response and I walked in the pastor's office and uh, I'll never forget as 
he and some of the ministry were saying, man, what a word. You were really used of God. Man, you really wield that sword tonight. I mean, you were cutting things right and left and left and right and just cutting things. And, 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 and we, we were kind of celebrating what God had done. And then I remember that night when I went to my hotel room, I remember sitting on the edge of my bed. And I, I remember so strong and I'm feeling the severity of God move into that hotel room. And I remember the spirit of God speaking to me and saying, son, before you put that sword back in its sheath, make sure there's no innocent blood on it. And it, I, I, I got real somber in the room and I began to repent. I began to pray and said, Lord, if I did any of that, under my own emotion, under my own unction, then I want to repent of that. Amen. Now, we never heard anything negative. Uh, God moved in a great way. I said that to say this. Um, if you go through my notes, which you would probably never have access to do, I write myself notes. On my notes, I, and some, some messages, some Bible studies that I'll teach, I know that it's going to rub flesh the wrong way. I know that there is a propensity for people to get offended and to get hurt. And I'll write myself notes all the way down on hand throughout my type notes. And I'm constantly saying things to myself like, make sure you're in the right spirit. You'll get down there and you'll see a line. I'm writing over there in all capital letters in red. Stop here and check your spirit before you go any further. You are to build up the body of Christ, to offend the body of Christ. Now, I'm, I'm sharing you something. Maybe, maybe a lot of uh, preachers wouldn't share that. But that's how strongly I feel about it, that we have to speak the truth, but we have to do it in love. But if I speak truth in love and someone is still offended, that's not on me. If I teach the word of God and the word of God offends them, that, that's not on me. Now, I have, to be, I have to say it right. I have to say it careful. I have to speak the truth in love. But if I speak the truth in love and I stand on that and they get offended and they turn away, amen, then they have to take that up with the Lord. Amen. Believe me, I have borne my soul to the Lord before I teach or preach anything like I'm teaching tonight or have been the last few weeks. Because I want my motives to be pure before God. Because I will stand before the Lord over every word. You will stand before the Lord over every, even idle word that you spoke. At the judgment uh, uh, throne of Christ, the saved people will be judged. And at the great white throne judgment, the sinners will be judged. But we will be judged of Christ by every idle word that we spoke. And the Bible said for the prophets... For the men of God, amen, that he would execute judgment harder against us than anybody else. And so there's a, a, a severity to that that I try to keep in mind, amen. So it's important for the Christian to maintain the, an earnest desire to be perfect and to seek God's will in every area of their life, amen. I'm going to try to get through this because I have some homework for you over here that I'm going to pass out if I can get done. So I'm going to try uh, to get done with this. I hope I don't uh, seem to be going too fast. Um, now, I, I will say this because I, I hadn't mentioned this. Starting next week, uh, Brother, Brother Garza is getting on a plane in just a few hours. He'll be flying home. 
and we miss him. We can't wait till he's back. You know, just I, I feel like the whole right side of my body's gone when he's gone, but he's doing the work of God. And and uh, I never, I never want, I never want to hold our ministers back when they have an opportunity to minister. Amen. When it's right. And so I, I have been recording the last two weeks. I have been recording a podcast. We're going back to doing a podcast a week, pastor's podcast. And I'm teaching on the book of Colossians, starting out with that. And it's about eight lessons. And then we're going to do a uh, somewhat collegiate level study of the books of the Bible. And we're starting with Colossians. And I'm going to tell you, if the Bible's boring, don't listen to it. You'll, I'm telling you, because we're looking at the history. We're looking at the authorship. Uh, we're looking at the authority. We're looking at it being canonized. It's when it was written. Then we're looking at the spiritual aspect. Then, then I'm doing the book of 1 Corinthians. And I already have 27 lessons on the book of 1 Corinthians. So it's going to take us all the way through next year. And I have been recording like a madman. Uh, with these podcasts and we can stack them up two or three months at a time and it's not waiting on me so I'm saying that to say I feel so impressed of God we we need to get deeper and deeper in the word than we ever have ever have been before amen so it's important for us to maintain a desire uh, to seek after the Lord To, to illustrate this truth let's consider a student in school the student might excel in the multiplication tables if this is as far as he has been taught. However, he would not be prepared to solve problems of fractions and decimals. They may know their multiplication tables, but if they've not been taught fractions and decimals and division, it doesn't matter how many numbers of multiplication they know, they're going to fail in that area of their life. At the time of repentance, most sinful habits are immediately beginning to be convicted in the life of that new believer. Immediately, God starts convicting people of sin in their life. The Holy Spirit faithfully convicts and delivers the young convert from the bondage and condemnation of sin. And how many remember when you got saved, God started convicting you of things in your life? You remember that? Nobody really had to tell you, stop doing that. You just felt convicted of it that's that's what the holy ghost does now some of us amen aren't as bright as everybody else and the lord has to work on some of us a little bit harder but but genuinely it's in that first few weeks few months of being saved amen that the lord begins to convict a person of that sin i i I can remember and i'm trying not to get sidetracked here amen uh anybody got a a cloth i am looking through the foggiest lenses you've ever seen i feel like i'm out at sea you got a polishing can you can you just clear I can't see anything I'm trying to look at them and I feel like I'm on the Golden Gate Bridge right now you are awesome sister Natasha amen Uh, uh, I I can remember uh, years ago when uh, we had a new believer in our church sister Carolyn and precious precious lady she got saved baptized uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and Bishop Keys had been preaching for us and he said somebody here they're pretty bad weren't they it, she, she, he said, thank you, sis. Give her a hand. Isn't she awesome? I can see clearly now. Okay. And so, um, Keys was preaching. He said, somebody here is a key to revival for this church in this city. And one person can fill up this whole building. Now, we were on Brown Street in Vacaville. We were in, it's the bad part of town. It's the rough area of town. It ain't very big, but it's, but it's bad. 
And so she lived right next to the old church. And um, she, she came. And uh, after that service, she went up to my wife weeping. And she said, I'm that key. Sister W, I'm that key. I'm going to fill this church up. That was on Sunday afternoon. We got a phone call Monday morning from her husband that she had passed away in the night. Passed away in the night. We had her funeral that following Saturday. And I want to tell you something. That church was packed out, standing room only. People were standing out in the courtyard of the church. They were standing. I mean, we couldn't have, we couldn't have got a greased cockroach in that place. It was so tight. And people were standing everywhere. And it hit me as we began to sing song of worship that Sister Carolyn was right. She did pack that place out. And, and she, she told me, she'd been, she only been coming for two weeks. And she told me, I've got to my daughter saved. I've got to see my daughter. She had two daughters. She said, I've got to see my girls saved. We need to pray for them. She said, they're in a, they're in a life of sin, and I need, I need you to pray. But we prayed for them. Would you know what? They came to church that next day, and both of her daughters were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what's amazing. Uh, one of their, her daughters was married to another woman. Amen. Now, now, I didn't get up the next service and start hammering this thing. Ah, my God. You don't have to do that. The Spirit will lead and guide in all truth. Two weeks later, she comes to me. They both come to me and said, Pastor, we, we've been reading in our Bible and said, we can see that the life we're living is not right. And I said, did somebody talk to you? That was my first. Did somebody in the church talk to you? And they said, no, Pastor. We, we've been studying the Bible, and, and it's clear that a man and a man can't be married and a woman and a woman can't be married. They said, what do you think about that? I said, I think what, the, what you see in the Bible is true. They said, okay, well, we want to serve God. And they separated and got a divorce. I didn't say anything. You know what happened? They, they told me, they said, the Holy Ghost convicted us. The Holy Ghost convicted us. The Holy Ghost convicted us. Why? Because he's a holy God and it will convict. Amen. I've had people that were living in sin. Amen. That come to me after receiving the Holy Ghost saying, Pastor, uh, we can't live together anymore because we're not married. What do you think about that? I said, I think the Bible's right. You don't need to live together anymore if you ain't married. I've seen them separate. I, I, we had one new convert couple came in and, and they were both married to other people and living together. And because they wanted to be right with God, they moved out and they waited till they got divorced and then they got married and moved back in together and did it right. The Holy Ghost will convict and the Holy Ghost will bring guidance and direction if we, if we will but let the Holy Ghost work in our life. Amen. I've known people that practiced, had to practice. They, were, they would drink. Maybe they weren't alcoholics, but they would drink a lot at weddings and special events. And I've had them come to me and say, Pastor, I was at a wedding. I was at a barbecue. And somebody handed me a, a cold and, and I held it in my hand and something in the pit of my stomach. I just felt sick. And, and, and I went home and I studied what the Bible said. And then I read in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. Can you say amen? Amen. The apostle Paul recognized that he was not yet perfect, but he reached for perfection in his own life when he stated, not as though I had already attained or either were already perfect, but I 
follow after in Philippians 3 and 12. Paul exhorted the Hebrew Christians to strive for perfection in Hebrews 6 and 1. He said, let us go on unto perfection. The saint of God will not tolerate any known sin or worldly habit in their life. Amen. A born again believer will not tolerate sin in their life. They will pray it through and they will get in the word and work it out. Amen. They will maintain at all times a sincere desire to be like Jesus and will recognize that a life of holiness involves continual growth and spiritual maturing as you walk on in this life with Christ. Amen. Uh, That holiness, and this is my last point, holiness is produced by a heart that is spirit filled. I've been emphasizing this for weeks. We need the Holy Spirit to have the spirit of holiness. Christian living involves a life of obedience to the word of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls for explicit obedience. Look at somebody and say total obedience. It should always be a joy to obey the word of God. It may not always be, but eventually it should be. David wrote about God's word and said, I love it more than anything. It's a lamp to my feet, light to my path. His word, I love his word, I love his word. He constantly sings about loving his word and he breaks all 10 commandments. Failed miserably, one of the biggest moral failures in the Bible. He's a murderer, he's a liar, he's an adulterer. Well, how can he love the word and still break God's law? Amen, because he understood, he he would say, oh, wretched man that I am. He understood that his flesh was constantly warring with the ways of God. But when you love God, the Bible said, they that love him, all will not offend them. Amen. So I may fail, but I still love the God who gave me that law. Amen. If one has the right spirit, they will not hesitate to obey the word of God completely. They don't have to be set down and lectured about this or that. Say, oh, there it is in the word of God. I'm going to obey it. It's there. I'm going to follow after it. That needs to be our mindset. Partial obedience. Listen to me. Partial obedience is total disobedience. Partial obedience is total disobedience. In the 21st century, uh, the 21st century Christian must decide uh, regarding right and wrong of many things that were unknown in Bible days. Amen. Like there, there's things that we teach that the spirit of it is in the word of God. There may not be an exact scripture that says thou shalt not look at pornography. But we have the spirit of it in the word of God. The spirit says to not look after one to lust. The spirit of it, Jesus said, if you look at someone to lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. So we don't have to have those specific words because the spirit of it is there. Amen. And when the Bible tells us that a, that a man is to look like a man and a woman is to act like a woman and look like a woman, we carry on that and say there needs to be a distinction of the sexes. Amen. The apostle Paul knew nothing about Hollywood. He knew nothing about YouTube. He knew nothing about the internet, tobacco and drugs. Amen. But if we as Christians will rely on the voice of the Holy Ghost, we will be sensitive to the spirit of God and get direction from the Lord. And we can avoid sinful mistakes in our life because Jesus gives us this hope in John chapter 16 and verse 13. He says, how be it when he... The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you 
things to come. Again, that's John 16 and 13. Listen, you got to follow the spirit. You got to have a desire to follow the Holy Spirit and resist the desire of sinful man. Romans 8 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The Holy Spirit will not only give positive direction regarding a life of holiness, but it will flash a bright caution light when you're doing wrong and heading down the road. How many of us can, can honestly by a show of hands say, I, God has in my life convicted me of something. That's awesome. That's awesome. Amen. Uh, ha, have you ever said something the Holy Ghost convicted you? It's, it's happened to me. It's happened to me. I, I, I can remember uh, uh, saying things and, and, and being unkind. And, and I didn't say anything that was a sin. I didn't curse at anyone. But my tongue was a little too sharp. And I can remember years ago, God just convicted me. You, you better dull that tongue. You better get control of your tongue. That is not a good witness. Amen. And so the Holy Ghost will flash that, that sign. When life enters, uh, when the, the Christian enters into a walk of the Holy Ghost, they realize that the Holy Spirit is grieved when we sin. And we will feel the conviction of God's presence to avoid that sin and repent of that sin. There will be an unpleasant feeling and a definite conviction regarding that matter. Because the consecrated Christian, the Christian who walks the way of holiness, amen, will heed the spirit's voice and will immediately correct their wrong actions this will be experienced many times as the believer grows in grace and in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ we make our walk with god much less complicated as christians when we just obey god's word and heed the voice of the spirit amen amen holiness is not an option holiness is essential to salvation now, you're not saved by works. We don't believe that. We don't teach that. We believe that salvation brings fruit. It brings work. Holiness is essential. If the sinner has to forsake sin in order to be saved, the Christian must live free from sin in order to stay saved. We don't believe once saved, always saved. We don't believe that heresy. That's a lie. We believe that once you're saved, the Bible teaches us we need to walk in the ways and in the statutes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Fellowship with God is broken because of sin. God had to deal with the sin question before salvation could be provided for you and me. That same sin has to be dealt with in the individual's heart and life before we can have fellowship with God. God will not fellowship sin. Amen. He wants us to turn from sin. Salvation is maintaining fellowship with Jesus. And when that fellowship is broken, there is no salvation. Fellowship must be restored in order for there to be salvation. Remember, no sin is going to enter heaven. If sin could enter heaven, it would cease to be heaven. Holiness is living a life of victory free from sin, free from condemnation. Amen. That is a requirement of us entering into heaven. We are the bride of Christ. And Ephesians 5.27 says that we are a church that is to be without spot or wrinkle. Jesus is not returning for a worldly church. Jesus is not returning for a compromising church. 
Jesus is not returning a man for a sinful church, but he is returning for a holy church that has glorious fellowship with him. Can you say amen? The Christian who loves Jesus plans to be ready for the rapture and will gladly lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset them. Amen. And robe themselves in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because holiness is compensation without compromise. There is a great reward in living a victorious life of holiness. We can live above condemnation and we can have sweet fellowship with Jesus Christ. How many believe that? And when we do, the jo- we will enjoy the peace of God in our hearts and we will enjoy our lives walking in fellowship with God. We need the peace of God in our life. We can share this happiness with others and our relationship with friends and loved ones becomes enriched because of our relationship with God. Can you say man? Praise God. You can sleep more soundly as a believer who's walking the way of holiness because you know that all is well between me and God. And he has everything right with this fellow man. When you walk the way of holiness, you don't put your head on the pillow at night wondering, amen, if my heart stops, where will I spend eternity? When you walk in the way of holiness, you know I am walking with him. And because I have his holiness, I will see him, amen? And that dividend will follow a life of holiness, It will follow a life of holiness, amen. The life that is blessed by God is a life that is fully surrendered to the will of God, to the purpose of God without compromise. Compromise is defeat, and defeat results in guilt, in guilt and condemnation. But if we are of the spirit of God, there is no condemnation, amen. The Christian who will be blessed by the Lord is the one that desires holiness, and that desires to walk in fellowship with Jesus. Amen. And, and last point, then I'm going to have uh, some, some things handed out to you. A Christian will have no problem living for Christ and giving up worldly affections if they keep proper priorities and set the right goal. That Christian will discover that a holy life is the normal, natural way for a Christian to walk in. And you say, man. Amen. Brother Abraham, if you'll come help me, Brother Marcel, to find strapping young men. There, there's a couple of stacks of papers here. Let me, let me show these first. Amen. Se habla español, el camino de la santidad. Amen. We have it in Spanish. And if you wanted an español, raise your hand real high. And we have the way of holiness in English. Amen. And pass that out to everybody. If you need it in Spanish specifically, raise your hand. Amen. So that Brother Marcel can give it to you. Praise God. Now I'm going to run over these questions. And then you're going to take these home. This is pass or fail. If you fail this, uh, you will be made to sit on the floor on the right here through every service until you can pass it. Amen. You'll have to wear a cone on top of your head. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Hand those out to everyone. Once you get it, hold on to it because uh, and if you're bilingual, take one of each. Amen. And, 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 and that way, you know, you can test your Espanol. Amen. So there's two things. At the end of every, uh, basically every chapter that I'm teaching of this, there's going to be two things. There's going to be a test your knowledge. And apply your knowledge. Now, are y'all ready? So, test your knowledge. Number one, 
How important are a Christian's attitudes in living a life of holiness? Very important. Amen. Does God expect his children to be holy? Yes. And then I want you to list two or three verses of scripture that identify how God feels about his children being holy. Number three, what is, why is it necessary to always have the right spirit? Why is it necessary? You don't have to answer it now. You've got plenty of time to go home and answer it. Amen. Is it permissible for a Christian to manifest pride in their heart? Then you need to explain that answer. Consider the statement. A Christian may be blameless, but still not faultless. Do you agree with this concept? If you do, say why. If you don't, say why also. Amen. Where were the disciples of Christ first called Christians? Antioch. Amen. Antioch. You can write these down if you want, but I'm hoping you'll take this home and do some homework. What is the secret of understanding holiness and practicing it every day? That's not a yes or no, so you can answer that at home. Can a man belong to Christ without the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. It's Romans 8 9. Where does holiness begin in a man? Their heart. How is it then manifested in a Christian? You'll have to answer that at home. List some of the natural dividends of a life of holiness. Peace. Huh? Love. There you go. Amen. So then there's apply your knowledge. Now, I've really debated on... Uh, having you turn this back in because I don't want to put any undue stress on anybody. But uh, so I would love for you to turn these back in. I know there's not necessarily enough space because I was trying to save paper to answer everything there. So you can just write one on a blank sheet of paper and then answer it out. If it's two part, write one A, one B, and then answer it out. Uh, I, would in, I, would, I would appreciate it. I would really enjoy it if you did turn it back in. Uh, because let me tell you what that does. It helps, it helps me kind of understand where we're at in this. And, uh, it, and, it, and it helps you understand because you'll, you'll go home and you'll research that. Amen. <clears throat> Second part is apply your knowledge. Since the source of holiness is God, the Christian should draw strength from God's indwelling spirit in order to achieve and maintain holiness. The process is natural and meticulous when one learns to depend upon and trust in the direction of the Holy Spirit. So then there's an oil check. Amen. Here is a project that may help you maintain your Christian attitude. As a car needs oil to function, the Christian needs the oil of the Holy Spirit to maintain a holy attitude. Try the following steps to begin uh, uh, to check your spiritual oil daily. Amen. Number one is, huh? Some of you are struggling to answer. It's right there. Amen. Begin the day with prayer. This will start you off in the right direction. It's like filling the car's crankcase with oil before a journey. You will prepare yourself for the day ahead when you pray. Now, I've lost some of you on that because some of you don't know anything about putting oil in a car. Some of us grew up with cars where we had to put oil in them every time we got in them. And it, we've spent, we, we spent more oil getting somewhere than we did gas. Amen. Number two, meditate 
on the Lord throughout the day. Meditate on the Lord. That Sister Tara, would you read uh, after that, this will, would you stand and read that real loud for everybody? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Number three, rely on the Lord when situations arise. Rely on the Lord when situations arise. Brother Abram, stand and read that part if you would. Amen. Praise God. So now you got some homework to do. You got some homework to do and work on home. Man. And so uh, uh, test your knowledge and apply your knowledge. Amen. Now, just so you know, this is the first lesson of this series. If that's given you any idea, I, I think we're up to nine lessons. It has taken me, what, five sessions to do one lesson. So that when I say we'll possibly be on this through the end of the year, that's why. Because, and, and here's what I want you to notice too. Too many times we associate holiness with standard. Amen. I haven't touched that. Amen. Because we got to have the spirit of holiness first. Amen. And so we, we're going we're gonna to do this as we go through it. And so next week, amen, we're going to jump into a new portion of this. And I can't wait to share that with you. Amen. Now you know why we've been selling notebooks and pens for you to take notes. And if you have questions, please feel free to, to text me um, and uh, stay engaged in the word of God. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Praise God. How many got anything out of this tonight? If you didn't raise your hand, then you at least got a piece of paper. Amen. <laughs> you got a piece of paper. Praise God. I, I want to be holy as he is holy. He's calling us to a life of holiness. Amen. I, I heard, uh, I was speaking with a denominal pastor just here recently. And uh, this pastor uh, has been, has, has listened in on some of our podcasts, this denominal pastor, and has heard me teaching on holiness. And he said, I listened to some of the stuff you was teaching on holiness. He said, I'm convicted. I'm convicted. That the only time the word holy is mentioned is when we talk about the Holy Spirit. He said, we've got to restore holiness back to the Christian church in America. Amen. If that's coming from a denominal pastor who doesn't have a fullness of truth, how much more should we that are walking in the light of God's truth desire, amen, to be a light that people can see Christ in us and through us and want to follow after the will of God for their life. Amen. I want us to pray together before we're dismissed. Jesus, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you, Lord, for its instruction, its guidance, Lord. I thank you because it educates us and it gives us direction in each and every one of our lives. Lord, I thank you for there are so many that are a part of this assembly and this church family that are desirous to know you more and to walk after your ways and your statutes. Lord, I pray tonight 
Lord, that as this word went forth, that it was received in the spirit through which it was transmitted, in the spirit of love, but still speaking truth. Lord, let your spirit draw us and guide us and lead us into a deeper walk with you, O God. Because ultimately, we want to be more like you and less like the world and less of ourselves. I pray that you would go with us throughout this week, O God. Let your spirit be that bright flashing light to caution us, Lord, when we go down the wrong path or we get the wrong attitude or we're about to say the wrong thing. And Lord, if we so happen to stumble and fall, let that spirit, O God, convict us and turn us back around and find our way back into fellowship and communion with you because we want the spirit of holiness to be active in our lives. Jesus name. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank him for that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. If you need an extra paper, uh, come see brother Abrian or uh, brother Marcel. And if you need cheating, you know, some answers or something, you can see brother Marcel. He's a Bible college student. And so he'll write the answers for you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but study this, study this together. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus name. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.